Hebrews chapter 12. And we are in Hebrews 11 in our regular Bible study. Uh, And at some point we'll come back around and revisit Hebrews 12 and look at it, uh, these same verses in deeper context. Uh, Those of you that are part of the discipleship on Wednesday evenings, uh, when you left us, we were in verse 1 and 2. We've made it all the way to verse 9 since you left. So we're moving real slow. Uh, But we're going to skip ahead to Hebrews chapter 12. And this message is meant to be in line with the competition upstairs in a few minutes. We have a bunch of cars that our kids have made, and they're going to get raced against each other in a few minutes. And uh, we love competition. Hebrews 12, let's read verses 1 and 2. Uh, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about, uh, compassed, compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Look at verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Uh, We're going to look at this topic, running your race with patience. Let's pray. Lord, as we uh, take just a few minutes out of our busy, hectic schedules, uh, may you settle our hearts, help us to understand just some very basic truths. Lord, most of the folks in the room tonight are seasoned Christians, and these verses are very familiar to them. Uh, Lord, sometimes it's not learning something new, it's just being reminded of what we already know, and Lord, going forth and living it. And so, Lord, help us to uh, commit to run our race not to ever throw in the towel and quit, Lord, but to set our eyes on the prize and stay faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In a few minutes, we'll go upstairs, and uh, I think there's 25 or 30 cars that have been prepared uh, for a race, and uh, those cars will be put up on a track and raced against each other, and a car will be crowned champion. Also, we'll have some cars that will be chosen for best design. And uh, I love a good race. Now, I don't enjoy NASCAR per se. I think it's pointless. The cars go around. They make four left turns generally. And uh, how many of you here are NASCAR fans? Anybody? I like, I like the wrecks as long as no one gets hurt. That's about it. Uh, that's where it begins and ends for me. But um, I, uh, I'm not a big NASCAR fan. But I do enjoy watching uh, folks compete uh, on a, in, a sports, uh, in, a, in a sports sense. We're called to run a race. We're called to run a race. Um, let me give you four thoughts here on this. And we don't have any notes for the screen. Uh, I just have these scribbled down on a note card here. And let me encourage you to maybe jot them down on the back of your bulletin if you can. Number one, notice our course. Our course. Look back at verse number one. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run. Let us run with patience the race, the race that is set before us. I love the language in Scripture because it is so relatable. We are called to run a race. We're called to run a race. And so what does that race look like? That race for the Christian life it's not a sprint, it's not a sprint, it's not a walk, and it's not a sit. It's a jog. Uh, 
When I was a little boy, we, our school would have a fundraiser called a jog-a-thon. Not a sprint-a-thon, a jog-a-thon. And the idea was you got people to sponsor you per lap that you'd run, and then they would take you to a quarter-mile track, or they would mark off a quarter-mile in the, in the park, uh, school parking lot, and uh, they would have someone mark your laps, and per lap you ran, uh, people would donate uh, a set amount per lap that you ran. And I can remember being a second and third grader, the anticipation that built up to the uh, the firing of the cap gun. Uh, and uh, I remember the uh, gun fired off, and boy, I was determined I was going to come in first place. I was going to run the most laps. And so I sprinted right out of the gate. And I made a round about a lap. Again, I was a second grader. I was far in far better shape than I am now. I got all the way around the first lap, and man, I left the competition in the dust. I got about halfway around the second lap, and I couldn't breathe. And I began to walk. And then I began to see everyone lap me. You know, I've seen that that happen to so many people in church. They get saved, and man, they're like a bullet out of a gun. For about six months. And then you never see him again. Christian life is not a sprint. It is a marathon. And the goal is that 30, 40 years from now, if, if, if possible, if you're older here, 10, 5, 10 years from now, you're still running your course. You're still getting up every morning and reading your Bible. You're still praying. You're still sharing the gospel with others. You're still living a Christian testimony in your neighborhood and at work. And people look at you and you are uh, right where uh, a mature Christian ought to be, taking it one step at a time, our course. Number two, notice our competition. Our competition. Here is the problem with the comparison of the Christian life and a race. When I, when I line up on the blocks in a race, uh, or if I were to line up on the blocks, in the blocks on the race, I would look to my left and right, and I would see other folks to my left and right who would be racing against me. And I would say, I've got to beat him, or I've got to beat her. Um, we're not, please hear this, because a lot of Christians miss this, we're not racing against each other. You understand that? I am not to measure my Christian life with Brother Okai's Christian life. I'm not trying to flatter Brother Okai. I mean this. If so, I'd, I'd get discouraged. He, has, he is far older than I am, and he's been running his race far longer than I have. Far older than I am. Amen? In all, in all seriousness, he's older than I am. He's more mature than I am. It, it would not be fair for me to compare myself to him. Furthermore, it's not wise for me to look at another 36-year-old pastor who's pastoring a church that runs what this one runs and compare myself to that pastor, even if he was raised in a Christian home and saved at four years of age. God did not call me to compete with the guy down the road or the guy across the pew or chair. God called me, God called me to run my individual Race. The Bible tells us that we are not to compare ourselves among ourselves. It says that is what? That's not wise. You know what? That's what we do, though. If my Christianity version of it is accepted by everyone else, 
you know what? I compare, I am comparative with everyone else, then I'm okay. No, no, no. Is God okay with where my Christianity is? How much have I grown since last year? The measuring stick isn't someone else. The measuring stick is me and where I was. And, and the measuring stick is where God wants me to be. Um, my competition is not you. It's not anyone else. It's the devil. Because the devil wants to sideline me. My attention, my focus needs to be on fighting the devil. You know who wants to get me off the track? The devil. You know who does not want me finishing my course with patience? The devil. And so I don't need to look at you or anyone else and feel as though you or anyone else is my enemy. Satan is the competition. Satan is the enemy. Number three, notice our cheerleaders. Look at uh, verse number one again. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. We're going to go upstairs in a few minutes and the kids are going to, they're going to crowd around the track because they want to watch their car come down the track. And there's going to be a bunch of us who are going to be standing behind the kids, and we'll all pick a different car. Now, uh, my daughter wants Pastor Morales to cheer for her. So do you know what she did? She made a Baltimore Ravens car. And Pastor Morales, she put the number 8 on the side, and she's calling it the Lamar car. And so she's really hoping you cheer for her. All right, uh, That cloud of witnesses in heaven... Those who've gone on before us, they're, they're sitting in the grandstands. Now, I don't know what they can see or hear or know, but I know this. They are pulling for me and you to live the Christian life and not quit. Hey, you know what the Christian life is full of? It's full of falls and scrapes and bumps and bruises and pain. You find any athlete, you find anyone who runs track, and I'll show you someone who has torn ligaments and tendons and has, has ACL tears and has fallen, has scraped uh, on cinder uh, their elbows and their knees. And look, you cannot get up and just go sit on the sideline and say, I got hurt, I quit. Oh, no, 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 no. They're in heaven and they're cheering you on. Please hear me what I'm about to say. Do you know what differentiates a righteous man and a wicked man? A righteous woman and a wicked woman. You listening? The Bible says, a just man falleth seven times, but what? Riseth up again, but the wicked fall into mischief. If you fall, hey, guess what? Join the crowd. How many of you have fallen as a Christian at some point in some way? It's not about whether or not you fall. It's about whether or not you get up. Our city is littered with Christians who are not in church. And not practicing Christianity. Oh, they're saved, but they're not practicing Christianity. Why? Because they fell, they scraped their spiritual knee, they tore their spiritual ligament, and they walked off. You know what? There's a cloud of witnesses who are cheering for you to get up and keep going. I can't wait for the day that I'm in heaven and I'm part of that cloud of witnesses. I hope I don't have to be. Oh, Jesus just comes back and raptures the church and that's it. 
And then we'll cheer for the 144,000 Jews who are down here doing the work, right? We won't have to cheer on the church because the church will be in heaven. But uh, if God calls me home and I'm part of that cloud of witnesses, then I will uh, cheer on those who are still here. And we have a cloud of witnesses who are cheering us on. Number four, and lastly, notice our Christ. Look at verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. A, a southern preacher read that and is set down and said, see, God is, God is southern. Amen. He's not, he didn't sit down. He's set down. He's set down. Amen. Um, here, here's the deal. All right. Picture this. You need to be in tip-top shape. I'm not going over the sins and weights thing. Time doesn't allow it tonight. It's a 15-minute message, all right? But uh, you're in tip-top shape. You're wearing the outfit of a race, uh, of a runner, and you're running the Christian life. It's a 15, 20, 30-year journey, depending on how old you are when you got saved. And you're running. When do you cross the finish line? When you die. Okay? And you run, and you know what? At times, you get discouraged. At times, you want to go sit down and say, I'm just going to take a break. I'm just going to quit. At times, you say, it's just not worth it. Uh, and, and you know what? You look up and you see the finish line way off in the distance and there's somebody standing there. And he has his arms up like this. And he has nail prints in his hands and his feet. And he says, I've already run the race and I finished strong You're not running the race for you, you're running it for me. I died for you, you run for me. And that's what we're called to. If you're here tonight and you're discouraged, you're thinking about limping off to the side and just plumping down and quitting, don't do that. Statistically, in 12 months, someone who's here tonight is going to be out of church. Not in another church, just out of church. Don't let that be you. Can we just all make a commitment tonight that in 12 months we're still going to be running our race? There's not one person who attends this church. There's not one Christian around this world who is worthy of you quitting church. Not one. Because nobody in this church died for you. He died for you and he's faithful. He's not going to quit on you. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you tonight for your word. And Lord, thank you that we can run our race with patience. Help us not to be guilty of sprinting and quitting, but Lord, to be one who paces ourselves, and that we're faithful. We're faithful to read our Bible and pray, and then Lord, when we fall off and we uh, fall, that we get up and keep going. Thank you, Jesus, that you finished our race for us, that you finished your race, rather, and we can look to you as our finisher. Help us to keep our focus on you and you alone, in Jesus' name.